Hey everybody, what's going on? You are listening to the Playing On Podcast. My name is Carl Markowski, and thank you for joining me. This episode is brought to you by Charm City Paintball. If you have not seen his most recent post of the headbands that he has up currently, uh, you're missing out, man. These things are insane. Uh, they are like a acid wash, tie-dye, crazy, like, nuts looking. I mean, they are impressive. And they're all handmade custom fabrics by Mike. And he, all of these are, are unique to themselves. Even though some might have, you know, the same colorway, they're all, like, one of a kind. Each and every one of them. And it looks like outer space in each one of these headbands. And it is insane. Make sure you go check them out. Charm City Paintball on Facebook and Instagram. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> and Instagram. And you, uh, so you can get your hands on one of these things before they are gone. He is going to be making more. But as far as um, they're all like a very low run. They're, they're all... In essence, they're all like one of a kinds, uh, and, and he's not making very many, so they're all limited run, and they are just so impressive, impressive, impressive. Uh, so make sure you go over there and check them out uh, if you're in the game for some new head wrapping material. I'm gonna sport one because they are sick, and I suggest you do the same. Uh, so thank you to Charm City. This episode is with with Mr. Blake. I can't talk today. My goodness. My lips. Maybe I, hang on. Let me lubricate the. There we go. That feels better. That's, <laughs> that's way better. This episode is with Blake. I still can't talk. Oh, my God. Maybe it's the honey. I don't know. Bear with me, I'm getting there. This episode is with Blake Yarber. He has been one of the top-rated Dorito side players that I have enjoyed watching over the years that has truly adapted his nickname of the Panther. And uh, he's just a joy to watch. I I, I love watching the wheels turn um, in, in somebody when I kind of watch them on the field and kind of see them work their magic. And he just does such a great job at, uh, at his job on that team. He's such a key player. And now having somebody uh, back like uh, Mr. Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt? Yeah, Dalton. Excuse me, Dalton, for your, if I torched your last name, I apologize. <laughs> but, uh, but having somebody like Blake who is just super sneaky, and then you have something, somebody like Dalton who is like just kind of darts all over the place and is super accurate. I mean, having those two on your team is f- coming from the experience of the guy on the other side of the field, it's chaos because you, you don't know what you're going to get, especially when they're both on the field at the same time. Um, so, yeah, Blake has just been truly one of uh, the nicest guys that I've met on and off the field. Uh, although he shows no mercy when he steps in between those white lines. But uh, he's a great guy, and I really enjoy talking to him. And, uh, and yeah, I think you guys will enjoy it 
as well. So without further ado, here is the podcast with Blake Yarber. Crazy. Well, first off, congratulations on the win. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Dude, that Thank was you. a that was awesome to watch. Yeah, that's uh that's that was a long time coming. You know, we <clears throat> we had a, a good team uh, develop this last year. Last year, uh, as in 2019, I thought we had a very strong team. You know, we were we made it to Sunday every year, but we were just having trouble getting over that hurdle and into the finals. Um, this year, we picked up Mike Urena, um, and we're building upon that same 2019 roster. Mm. And so it, it it looked really good coming into this year. And we had the pandemic, you know, it, uh, Vegas, we played against Revo. Revo uh, played out of their minds against us. You know, we went up on a couple points on them and then they just fought back and beat us, um, you know, kicked us in the teeth. And then the, the pandemic hit. And so we had this long, uh, you know, almost like an off season to, to dwell on that. And then, and then when they announced World Cup was happening, uh, the team was was full of fire. Yeah. Now, was it a um, was it a choice of the gentlemen, meaning uh, Alex Frazier and Yosh? I believe are the only ones who weren't there, right? Correct. Was it their Correct. choice not to be there, or was it some other kind of circumstance? Yeah. Bas- basically, uh, they live with uh, their oh, they live in close proximity with their elder family. Right. And so the risk of COVID and, you know, transferring that to their, their kinfolk and family was too great. Yeah. You know, that's, it's, it's at the end of the day, it's not worth it for a game. Right. Right. And, and in retrospect, how much social distancing, social distancing was there or can there be, I guess, in a pit where you're sucking down air because you're out of breath and you're you're all over the place. I mean, you're not really worrying about that. Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, it, the answer to your question, it, uh, there, it, it was very hard to social distance, especially as the players. Right. You know? um, we, we as Dynasty, we asked if we could limit our exposure by trying to keep the same pit guys and, it, you know, as unfortunate or as... Uh, as an as much of a nuisance as it was asking our pig guys if they would wear a mask yeah. for their sake for their safety and, and ours you know right i mean it's the least you could do you know for for as close proximity as you would be with i mean those are going to be the closest guys to you your teammates and then and then the pit crew yeah but the, yeah, i mean we had, it, we had a we had a great pit staff in in world cup uh you know and these guys have been coming out for the last five years, maybe more. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've, it, it's just a, a smooth running machine for us. Yeah. These I mean, I, I've said this multiple times um, over the podcast and really over my career is like I, a team is as good as it's pit crew in a sense of like, man, if you do not have it together in the pits mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you, you can't have somebody or, or a group of people that you trust to wipe hits, mm-hmm. fill pods, um, pretty much keep the machine moving in the pits, man, it makes it a lot tougher on the players to be able to focus on what their job are. 
Absolutely. You know, every match you're going to have issues, right? There's there's not one team out there. Um, almost, you can almost put it down to there's not a player out there that's not going to have an issue in every match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that might be an, a slight exaggeration, but um, having a bad pit crew or bad pits exacerbates any issue that you're going to have. So, you know, that, that pit pit crew that we had just just let us iron out these these issues that we were having without having to you know f- further ramp them up because uh you know i can't get a full pod or whatever right you know? yeah some childish thing that you know <laughs> we we all melt over when we're having a bad day like a baby well, that i mean that's the thing too is like you know there will be certain things depending on my mood where like a little thing, like maybe my gun being still dirty. I'm not saying this in a way of like, I expect my gun to be clean every time. You know what I mean? But just like, 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 let's say we, we go through a shit point. Right. And, and you just get like, it gets in your trigger and it just, it's one of those. Right. And you, and you kind of, you get off the field and you set it to the side and it kind of gets like forgotten about. Yeah. Whoever's fault it is. doesn't have to be anybody's fault. Just, it is where it is. And then right before your next point, you're getting water and everything, and you grab it, and it's still full of shit. And it's kind of yeah. one of those things where it's like, ah, oh, you know, it's kind of you don't want to have to think about it. But yeah. I mean, some people could ride through that, and and then some people just will be like, well, I was, what the, what the fuck am I going to do? Is my trigger going to work? Is it going to? Is is there? Do I have too much paint in there? Is it? Gonna, you know, it's, or maybe it's just me just going through all yeah. that shit. In my head. No, I, uh, I I hear you loud and clear. Last year, I played for the Golden State Kings in uh, out in. Uh, Europe and mm-hmm. we won the Amsterdam event and that Amsterdam event was rough. It was yeah, muddy, pictures, it was yeah. wet and it was freezing cold. Uh, and we didn't have a pit staff. Oh. And I, I don't even know how I shot anybody. If I, if I even shot anybody out there, you know, yeah. we won the event. So, so someone was shooting somebody. <laughs> I can't imagine it was me, but it, you know, it's like you're saying, I was diving into bunkers and going into the pit and then, you know, getting reloaded and then grabbing my gun and it was still just a mess yeah you know from when i set it on the table uh, I, I can only imagine what had uh having that same pit staff that we had in in orlando you know man it would have been it would have been awesome yeah yeah so is there any kind of elemental um variable that can happen that you are just like uncomfortable with like is it or do you kind of get used to the environment as you go and you just kind of work through it or is there something like like me i will no matter how many times people ask me to come play if it's like below 30 some degrees i'd even say maybe like 20 if it's in free i'm like i'm not gonna go play paintball if it's snowing i'm not gonna go play paintball but is Mm -hmm. there is there something where like one element that kind of gets to you if it's, you know, if it, if it kind of happens that way, if it is a downpour or if it's just straight mud or can you kind of ride through anything? Nah, I, I like the elements, you know, I, yeah. I feel that I excel in the elements because, uh, I don't know. I look at the other side of the field and those guys are wearing long faces cause it's miserable out there. Yeah. And I just, I love that. I, I love seeing those long faces. It makes me feel good. <laughs> That's true. That's I, true. You know, it's just, it's just a, you know, it's it's just a everyday thing. 
to it's another little hurdle somewhere. that you got to kind of get yourself over and yeah. knowing that they're going through the same thing yeah uh you know it, in a couple hours i'm gonna be laying in a nice warm bed so it, it doesn't bother yeah. me and i think the reason why one of the reasons why i enjoy like the 70s nice weather sunny as called partly cloudy um but I think one of the reasons why I like just perfect weather is that there's no excuses. Yeah. Right. So you get you have perfect grass. You have this perfect weather. Your paint is shooting amazing. And you at that point and even the other team has no excuses except for preparation and skill on why you are not performing at your best. Yeah. And I think that's I think that's my kind of ideal of what my idea of why I, I enjoy like nice weather because you know everybody throws in like well the refs are shit well it was raining well it was this well it was that you get excuse after excuse but it's just like yeah. if it's nice and sunny out man there's no reason why you you shouldn't be it, going to work. It, it's funny that you say that. Uh, I've been working. I've been really actively trying to get back into the gym lately, and uh, and my workout buddy Andrew, uh, we've been. We just finished this big squat routine, and uh, by this made up by this Pavel from uh, from Russia. Mm. But anyways, uh, he would he ever between every set, Andrew would bring his weights back in, make his bar nice, and I would never touch the weights. And he asked me, "What? Why do you just let the the weights hang off? Because I don't, you know." And what I told him was, "Because I don't want any excuses." when I can't do something, you know, oh, the, the weights were flying off to the right, the weights were flying off to the left. You know, I just, I like to do it however it is so that I develop this routine of no excuses. I just take it as this. Yeah. I like it. So what, it. What did he say to that? He said that sounds like so, a, a backache <laughs> waiting to happen. <laughs> <laughs> sounds about right. <laughs> so, um, the last point, or let's call it the overtime point. Okay. Were you the one that got shot off the break going to the corner? Yeah. Okay, because I was listening and I was watching it, and they said it was actually Dalton. But Dalton was the first, was the second attacker on that side, but ended up being the first down the Doritos, and then Tyler kind of snuck up in front of him. Yeah. Um, have you – I didn't watch all the games, but I watched more paintball that weekend than I have in a very long time. Because I was excited, the field looked fun. It looks excited. I'm, I like paintball, so that that helps. But um, were you were you having difficulties going out to that corner um, in any other particular game, or was it kind of just that last point where it's like they just got a good shot on you? You know, it's uh, really funny that you asked this question. So uh, the whole weekend, I felt that we were ninety five percent making it out to the Dorito side. You know, it, we had some great, great stats getting out wide on the Dorito side, whereas Marcelo and Ryan were shooting the opponent's Dorito side runners. So uh, the answer to the question is no, uh, we were making it out wide. But And even against X-Factor in the beginning, we were making it out wide wherever we wanted to on the Dorito side against those guys. But there was a transition. I think they – this is what I've – recognized uh on the field and i and watching a little uh video is dimitri ninos they switched his gun to the dorito side and he started connecting and uh mm. and he actually shot me the last two points the the one before overtime mm -hmm. and the overtime point off the, the break the one 
yeah, off the break. It bounced the one before overtime, mm-hmm. but um, actually shot me the last three points that I played in the in the the finals match. One bounced, the other two I, I walked up the field. So, but it was very surprising, you know. I went the whole tournament diving into the corner alive, mm-hmm. and then uh, <laughs> I got shot in the face, mind you, which that was just an incredible shot. Uh, off the break, and I'm guessing it was that gap right overtime. before the right before the corner. Yeah, yeah, crazy. I've, yeah, yeah it was a great it, shot. It, I, well, I'm because I'm watching it too. Well, and I was very, very surprised, kind of watching that last point too, at how loose Marcelo was playing that Temple. I really thought, and meaning that, it, and let me rephrase this. He was playing it loose when I when I saw Billy get to the fifty, and I I thought that Meter was going to play more on the snake side, or at least keep Marcelo more honest on the snake side, because um, I thought he was going to play the top more and at least kind of peek over at Marcelo because I because he was able to even wrap and gunfight rather quickly with uh, with Billy and then come back on the inside and then I think that's when he shot him. Yeah. But man, when I when I saw that happen, I was like, "Oh, oh, he's not even gonna look. He's not even gonna look." And then that's pretty much. I didn't know. I I, I had to assume that Marcelo knew he was there. Um, with, I mean, uh, Tyler eventually shot him when right. he got to the when he got to the fifty. But um, but man, I was like biting my nails at that one because I was like, "Oh my god, how did he not? How so, did he not come up?" Well, the, so to my understanding, this is uh, the way that that point broke down. Um, we went with a three down the Dorito point. Mm-hmm. You know, me, Dalton, and Tyler were running down the Dorito. Sorry, my dog's playing with plastic. Oh, all good. It, I didn't know if that bothered you. No, just keep an eye on him. <laughs> yeah, just uh, just uh, don't make swallow. sure you wrap. Make sure you wrap yourself in that. <laughs> <laughs> Knucklehead. Um, so we went three down the Doritos. Me, Tyler, and Dalton, which we didn't do very much the whole weekend. Um, they shot me off the break. And then they shot Dalton late in that point, and yes, the, um, um, uh, a meter did, and I think no, he, no, me, uh, Billy from the from the fifty snake, Billy was wrapped around on on Marcelo, and eventually looks inside and he shoots Dalton uh, from the inside. I'm I'm pretty sure that's you know I could be wrong. Maybe it was meter, but I I think that's how that broke down was no, the I fifty snake. <laughs> Was Billy looks inside, shoots Dalton, who was in the last Dorito before the the big complexes on that Dorito side, mm-hmm. and then so X Factor then thought there was no Dorito threats because they shot me and Dalton, whereas but in reality there was still a bogey, which was Tyler, you know, moving down the Dorito side. So I think the way that that point broke down was. M- Billy shoots Dalton. Billy or Meter shoots Dalton, and then they get their. They think that the Dorito side's wide open, so Meter starts to wrap around the big center complex, thinking that there's no Dorito threat, and and he's he's trying to hunt Marcelo on the snake side, and mm. Tyler comes out and smokes him. Yeah, and I think Tyler was in the fifty when Dalton got shot. I believe you're right. I, yeah. I, I think yeah, and. Mm. And I didn't know until afterwards because I was wondering too why Jesse was staying in that corner for so long, 
uh-huh. that Dorito corner. Uh-huh. And I guess it turns out his gun his gun was down or his loader was down or something. Yeah, I think he core sampled or something. But then oh, he was yeah, picking yeah, up yeah. balls. But then he was picking up balls, so I don't understand why he'd pick up balls if he core sampled. So, so something something happened back there. Yeah. It was just a super interesting way that kind of everything went down. And I do so it's it was so awesome, man, to see it, it got me so riled up to to just get out there and pull it like it because it was because the field itself and the way the points were laid out, it felt like like old school, uh, like X ball. Yeah. But then it also had that seven man feel where that you got you had guys kind of creep in and and like had, you know, having your run throughs and everything like that. And and it was just it was just solid to see and you know to see you guys and see you guys you know snag another w was uh was awesome to see thank you thank you yeah trojan did a great job with that layout that yeah. was a exceptionally well put together layout mm, i was that close that close to coming out and playing really? yeah Who were you I, had, play with? I had a phone call from impact to come play and wow. yeah and i was like i was oh, man i was so close but i ended up not having um enough vacation days and ah. yeah for work well because it was so like late when he yeah. when david called me and i was like oh dude i want to so you have no idea because i was like I, it was the perfect timing but worst timing at the same time because of covid because then my wife overheard and she goes you're traveling where you're doing what <laughs> <laughs> i'm like i'm like yeah well maybe i could do it uh, yeah so but who knows next year is uh interesting um i don't know man I, I just love i love all of you guys i love seeing everybody i love the environment i love the game um i i love kind of where the game is at right now uh it has this real kind of growth feeling to it but it, but also mm-hmm. this this adolescence like there's this gap i feel like that's that's happening that's kind of like you have a lot of these guys who are still in it and still playing and still relevant but then you have, you know, this big gap between those guys and the ones coming up. Because even the teams that are coming in, I feel like you still have a lot of uh, old guys on those teams. Not old guys, but um, veteran guys coming up sure. that are in that are in that program, which probably evidently happens anyway. Because you have guys come in and they, uh, um, you know, they kind of get the core group of that team playing that have, has been playing together and kind of gives them that experience and then you know eventually up and out but uh but yeah dude it's it just it's a really cool um cool atmosphere I, from my point of view i mean i guess you would know more than you know anybody yeah it seems like there's a lack of uh, young talent that wants to put in the work and and really just become annoying to the point where you give them game time you know, you give them a couple spins at practice because this kid's been working all day, every day out there at the paintball field, and every day he comes out there and asks you, you know, can I, can I get some reps with you guys? Can I, can I just be on their practice squad? Whatever. Um, I don't know. It just seems like there's a lack of that, so that's why you get that old blood that sticks around. Yeah, because I feel like I was annoying when I was younger, just between me either asking to play or just standing behind the dead box and watching the game happen. I feel like I, I was definitely annoying when I was, when I was coming up, you know, speaking of you, I would have loved to see you play this layout, the world cup layout. You have a very unique style and, uh, you're, you're hard to, um, uh, you're hard to scout because you're, you're very free flowing. You know, you, you just feel it. I really enjoyed watching you play. 
I feel that I play similar in a lot of aspects to the way you play. You know, you 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 feel the lack of pressure on the field and you gravitate that way. So it's it's just very hard to scout you because you're unconventional. I, I think you would have played really well on this field. I appreciate that, man. And I, I, uh, I, the same for you. I completely respect the way you play and I like the way you play because uh, your background of coming from that like kind of pump and kind of accuracy over volume kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I really respect that. And obviously you're, you're a great guy too on top of that. So that makes it even better. But um, no, thank you. I would, I would have loved to play this thing. It just looks like when you can, I think there's something to a player and I wasn't the most consistent player and I'll be the first one to tell you that, but I was also one. I feel that I would take the most risk on the field because I was put in the most risky position. Um, so I felt like I had a job to make risky decisions and, and hoping that my team and my, my coach would be lenient on me because I'm having to make those choices. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and when you find a team like that, that has your back to be able to make those choices, um, you know, that's, that's something else. And I think with you, what I enjoy is the, the sneaky pantherness of, uh, of your play <laughs> and, and how you, you're not necessarily hunting, but you're more, it's like stalking, uh, the other team. And, and I, I kind of, because, you know, hunting is always related like as a bad term in paintball, you know, you get shot over, over the top because you're hunting. Or if you, you talk to Bruno, it's called fishing. You're kind of looking, you know, you're looking for your next thing. But like, for me, I'm kind of like, I'm not fishing for the kill. I'm figuring out the plan. Like I'm figuring mm-hmm. out the next step as I get up there, because as we all know, you know, we have this preconceived notion of how the fields are going to play and everything, uh, as far as practice goes. And then you get to the field it's, you know, two inches off here. This gap isn't here anymore because we know that paintball is a game of angles and angles and gaps. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, that's why it's also very crucial to walk a field to the smallest detail, especially if you're playing positions like we are where we're up front a lot. We need, we need to know a lot of the angles, a lot more than what I feel a lot of the guys playing further behind us do. Um, not only our side of the field, but also, you know, the other team side. But, um, there's just there's so much going on and and it's you need to make those decisions so fast but if you can make them look fluid too like you do and and a lot of the top dorito players or front players in there it's it's just it's so fun and so cool to watch too yeah i mean i i like i like creating space for the guys behind me because they're yeah they're, they're smarter, you know, they're putting the game together. <laughs> right. I'm just, I'm, I'm creating just, chaos. <laughs> yeah, I'm just creating chaos. That's right. Mm-hmm. Just creating space. I'm going to put some pressure on the other team so that the guy behind me has a little more space to work with. Yeah. Do you, so do you have, is there anything that you like to do? Like, do you, like, do you like to challenge yourself on a field where, um, like for my, like myself, I usually like to shoot just one or two balls to be able to put somebody in. At least I can react sure. off of that and then, and then go. Um, but is there something kind of that you like to do that's, uh, kind of, I don't know, I'm hoping this makes sense. Um, but is there something that you like to do that kind of has like a personal challenge on the field for you that you like to put yourself in, like mm-hmm. in that kind of situation and be able to, and be able to get out of not, 
not saying you're putting your your point at peril or your body at peril, but mm-hmm. is there just something that you like to do that's kind of risky on the field, but but you like to do it and you have uh, you have some success doing? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I understand what you're saying. I think uh, I think that's just having the ability to to push up the field faster than most players can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that I think I I enjoy uh, challenging a team to stop me yeah I think that's what you're getting at yeah yeah it, because it's, I'm especially a, I'm gonna I'm I'm step on the gas and tell me when I should break <laughs> yeah you give me a stop sign because I'm I'm all I'm green lights the entire time <laughs> Where did that guy come from? See, and what's fun too is that um, being able to make a team think that there's multiple people around you when in actuality it's just yourself and you're able to kind of you're able to kind of dance around two or three bunkers with confidence and the other team thinks it's two guys, three guys, whatever it is. And then uh, you know, at any given kind of drop of a hat be able to maybe go and get that close guy if need be you know if it's just a one you know a quick body trade that you need to make happen you make it happen from anywhere um because you've walked that side of the field and you're so confident on that side of the field um did you i want to get into your kind of your your career and your upbringing into paintball and everything but did, did you grow up on the Dorito side or were you kind of a floater? Were you a snake guy? I mean, what was it for you? Or did you even start in the front? Uh, you know, I was always more or less a front guy and I would have to say I gravitated a little more to the Dorito side, but early on, um, I played for a few years on the snake side because we didn't really have a good snake player and, and I fit that role the best. And so I played the snake side. I was a little more limber back then. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. yeah. When I, did I you, mean, I'm, I, I'm impressed with all the snake guys. <laughs> Dude. Those guys are animals, Kyle Spica and then Alex Goldman, you know, he, those guys are unbelievable athletes. Dude, limber, fish oil for days. Know. Yeah. Uh, Arturo, Mike Urena, you know, all these, all these snake guys out there that, wow. How old is Arturo? Um, I think 42 in, in Mexican years. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. Uh, He's not 42. What is that, like 38 Uh, in, uh, in in American? American. (laughs) (laughs) As soon as. As soon as you uh, cross that border, you know Trump's wall. You uh, instant you age. Yeah, you, <laughs> you become younger instantly. Dude, I'm impressed at that guy. I I, I didn't know who he was. Um, I still really don't know who he was besides being on Dynasty. Uh, forgive me, Arturo. But um, but I saw him and I met him at uh, ICC last year, I believe. Yeah. Um, and it was before we played you guys in one of the finals matches. And I was like, how this guy's like up in the front, making shit happen, crawling and balling. And I was like, you, you gotta be like close to 40. Like, how are you, how are you doing this? I mean, granted, he's like, 
only what, like five, 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 six? Ah, uh, yeah, I think of five, six. Maybe, but st- yeah. like still, that no excuse. That dude, he, that guy's an animal. Unbelievable. Yeah, he's he's got that fast twitch. You know, I don't I don't have that fast twitch like he does. It's it's very admirable to watch him play. You know, he's just, he's uh, quick. Yeah. Quick. Well, and you're playing for, you know, fucking dynasty. So, so that, I mean, coming through whatever ranks that he came through and he's playing, he has a roster spot on San Diego dynasty is nothing to, you know, shake a stick at. It's amazing. Yes. You know, that's kind of what we were talking about earlier, you know, um, just being out there and getting, uh, getting recognition. He's from Mexico, you know, uh, And he was traveling to the U.S. to to get FaceTime with with uh, with Dynasty, and that's how he got on the team. Is he uh, he came out to uh, aftermath tryout, got on aftermath, and then aftermath was practicing against Dynasty quite a bit, mm-hmm. and so that's how he got recognition from Dynasty to then get picked up. When we lost Spica, we then uh, went after Arturo. Yeah crazy so you know it's just you know if if you want to make moves i'm not saying that you, you need to go chase after the biggest team but you you just need to be playing a lot of paintball and and get facetime with with the people who are in the top of the game which coincides coincides with they're going to be at the field the most you know so yeah you just you know like anything, you just practice perfect, makes perfect. You just gotta get out there and play. Yeah, it's definitely one of those things where it's like if you want to be seen, you gotta show up. Yeah, you know, if you don't show up, then nobody nobody knows who you are. Right. And and I mean that's the the interesting thing about the internet is you can make you know all these videos. You can put you can put yourself out there, but that's still like that's still not. I mean, I guess it depends on what it is that you're doing and that you're putting on the internet. But as far as paintball goes, it's like paintball is very, it's it, it's very kind of just down and dirty, straightforward. Just like you show up and you go to work and you put the points in, you put the situational paintball in. And what I've also said on this podcast, pretty much ad nauseum, is you know put your nose to the net, watch the games, ask questions, go through and and and. You know, don't try and figure it out on your own because you you have not been there. You you have not, especially if you have access. Um, I get excited about this stuff. I don't know if you can tell. Yeah, so but I can tell. but I mean, if you if you have the access to a team like Dynasty Ironmen, Aftermath, I mean, just you have a pro program that is near you, and that you can go. I guarantee. Most players, most players that you approach will answer questions, will go through shit with you. You have to recognize when not to bother them, obviously. Mm-hmm. But but if they're just standing around, I guarantee you can ask questions. Because if you just sit there and try and figure it out yourself, or, or if you think that you know and you are not a professional player, then you are sadly mistaken that you're going to try and figure it out on your own. Because there there is a, a certain level that everybody goes through and until you kind of grasp on the fact that you need other people and more knowledge than what you have to succeed in whatever you do 
you were just going to, I mean, go off of your basic instinct of wanting, wanting the knowledge in general is, is such a big hurdle for people because a lot of people will step up to the door, but they'll be too afraid to open it. Mm-hmm. And if you can walk up the door and open it, you've opened an opportunity. And that even might, and just putting a crazy scenario out there, let's say I go up to you and I start grilling you on some questions and hopefully they're not stupid questions, you know, because there are stupid questions, but to you, hopefully they're not stupid and they kind of get you thinking a little bit and who fucking knows you might even have an eye out for just, you know, what I'm wearing or whatever. And I go out and I have a decent point and you kind of start looking at me. Right. And you're like, you know, maybe the team's looking for somebody or whatever. And that kid was kind of asking questions. You have made the step now in a direction that could possibly open up a future door. And, and I'm not saying that's going to happen for everybody, but man, if you could, if you can do that and you have access to it, I mean, you, you have to take advantage of it. Sure. Sure. You know, if, if I were to do it all over again, you know, uh, uh, man, my, my road to the pro circuit was a long road. Uh, let's see, I started when I was eight years old and I didn't get picked up by Dynasty until I was 23. You so, started when you were eight years old? Yeah, my dad snuck me onto a paintball field, you know, and, and I was only playing scenario for the next uh, seven, eight years. You but know, your was dad was heavy out. into it. He was and then kind of transitioned out of it and has since not played very much. That's so crazy. The last couple of guys that I talked to, their their fathers were into it. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's that's that's really funny. I mean, Marcelo's dad uh, took Marcelo out for the first time. Alex's dad took him out for the first Brandon time. Brandon Mayo. My dad. I just had. Yeah. Him, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's a it's a great bonding experience. Yeah. It's one of the best. I mean, God, those are some of my favorite moments. Well, and at oh. eight eight years old, man, you are just. Your dad is still your, I mean, not saying that he's not, but your dad is like top pedestal hero at this point. And, oh, yeah. you know, make an impression like a scenario, an old school scenario game, which, how old are you? 33. So you're 33. So that would put, man, eight years old. That's, what's it, what, mid 90s? Where's my math completely off? Uh, no, if I was eight, that would have been 95, yeah. Yeah, yeah, mid 90s. Sorry, 96. And and paintball was so is like infancy at that point, and and you were playing scenario ball on top of that. So like, man, how did you get how did you get hooked on it? You know, it's funny. My dad took me out for the first time, and he rented me a Sheridan pump uh, pistol. I think it was a I think he would call it a pistol. Um, or the it was a trip triple stack. So you had. Uh, your volume chamber, your barrel, and then a 10-run tube on top of it. Um, I was only eight. I couldn't even <laughs> So, uh So my dad ended up taking that. He took the rental and let me use whatever gun he had, which I think was a uh, Titman Pro Carbine or nice. something like that. And and you played scenario ball for seven years after that. Yeah, yeah. You know, my my mom wasn't so in love with the store or the paintball thing, and so uh, uh, she would only let me come play on my birthdays, basically. Hmm. Really? Yeah. Was it the, was it just the the guns themselves that she wasn't comfortable with, no. or or the bruises and everything that? comes along with it no i think mostly 
just the price tag. Ah, uh, yeah. You know, it's a, it's a, it's an expensive sport, and and I didn't come, you know, I came from a very working class family. We didn't have a lot of money to to just shell out to go spend a hundred bucks for me to play paintball. Out of Michigan, right? Every weekend. Uh, no, California. Oh. Okay. My mom grew up out of Michigan, um, but I, I was born and raised in California. Spent a lot of my childhood in Michigan, but I was born in, in California. Gotcha. So, so this seven years that you're going, um, at at all, like, or let's say, when did when did non-scenario ball catch your attention, and how? Oh, right out of the gate. I mean, you know, there's no paintball that that doesn't catch my. Eye. I right. like it all. <laughs> I was I was watching those kids play. Uh, uh, what is it, Splatmaster or what? Is, the what JT Splatmaster World Cup. Yeah. Yeah, the JT Spotmaster. I was watching those little kids play with those things. Is that the one with like the no, grenade the on top with the little jellies inside of it? Yes, yes, yes. I don't. Are those I want to get in there with those. <laughs> <laughs> I like all forms of paintball. Yeah. Wait, would so. you play airsoft? Oh yeah. Oh. Oh yeah. Gator Gator Glaze took me out. Gator Glaze has a uh, airsoft shop, and he took me out with his guys, and they. Lit me up. Ooh, that's a different game. It's fun. Really, it's fun. Yeah, I had a couple good points, but but yeah, they lit me up. Are there a lot of honest people that play airsoft? Ah, I, I gotta say no. <laughs> no. That's a ah, I gotta say a negative on that one. Like, what's the consequence? What's the consequence of cheating in airsoft? Like getting hit with more BBs, like in the ear, which I'm sure isn't as bad as like getting hit in the side of head with like multiple paintballs right yeah you might catch the uh, hey man you're a cheater <laughs> get out of there i saw that one especially the snipers i sh- i i will play this on my youtube channel i shot this guy with one bb nothing against if you're an airsoft person that's fine but i'm just saying if you cheat on a paintball field there are little worse circumstances that i feel like would happen if I'm gonna get that guy. I'm gonna miss BB. This is my wife uh, crawling on the floor <laughs> because she really needed that wine. <laughs> I've had three 12-hour days. All right. Leave me alone. <laughs> That's all right. I would love some <laughs> wine right now. That sounds delicious. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm waiting to go get a nice. Cold brewski after this. Oh, nice. I won't, I won't keep you too long. But... No, no, no. This is a great conversation. Sorry. Well, I appreciate it. I no, just, no, no, no. I I, dude, I, I love this. Resist, uh, resist this. <laughs> the spontaneity of it. I I love. Where uh, Where is your wife from? She's from England. Oh. What part? I met her. Uh, she's from the island uh, part? Royston. Watford. Watford. Watford, up north of London. No, north of London. Right. There you go. <laughs> I love accents, I dude. I feel like um, American accents are dog shit compared to everybody oh, else's accent. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they like our accent. We like their accent. Dude, Ohio, I have, my accent are all the words that you hear them like they come out of the computer when they're trying to teach you English. It's like, <laughs> like no accent. It's just like, Oh, hi, out. It's just complete robotic. 
I, I, I appreciate uh, Ohio speak. I love it. There's nothing very, different. Yeah, it's very easy to listen to when you get into like Southern California and then like, and then like, <laughs> and then you get the Valley Girl. And then I was like, oh my God. And then he was like, oh, wow. You know. Now, are you just doing an impression of eggs or is that just. No, no okay. Alex doesn't talk. I love Alex. Alex, Alex I, I really enjoy listening to Alex. He's very uh, um, well-spoken. Yes, very. By no means am I making fun of Alex because I, I love that dude. And I, I, he's been one of the guys that I have just would try and find like during the paintball <laughs> tournaments just to have a conversation with and just to talk to. Oh, he's, he's, dude, he's great. Is he still playing? Yeah, I'm What's that? You kind of broke up. A He's still bit. playing. Oh, he has, okay. Yeah, sorry. He no, is good. still playing. He, he just, uh, during the COVID thing, he couldn't take the risk to be out there on the field. But, yeah, he's, yeah. he's absolutely still playing. And he's still got it, too. Dude, it's it's crazy. One of one of my favorite parts of uh, Serial Killers is his part. When he, like, <laughs> sneaks through the middle of the X and everything, and he just has this. Everything, yeah. I, I could always tell that it was Alex on the field because everything looked extra large on him. Like the goggles looked way bigger. Like everything looked bigger on him. I was like, that's, that's Alex Frazier. I, I know exactly who that is. I mean, you need to play. He just stands there. That's great. It's weird yeah. though, too, like coming up. I, I don't know if like this generation is the same way, but I, I would have to imagine that they are. But dude, when I was, even now, I feel like for the people I enjoy watching, um, and I'd say even the people I, I I will just watch. But I feel like they can do – everybody can be wearing the same thing, and I can still – just by, like, the way people play, I can figure out who is who on the field and be able to point them out and, and you know, say, oh, this is this guy, this is Blake. Oh, that's Blake. This is this. Is this. And everybody has their own unique style. I think that's what's so enjoyable about paintball too, and especially watching it in person. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do the yeah, whole really, like? I'm sorry. Go ahead. I I really enjoy watching the individualism on the paintball field. Yeah. Do you do the, the, the whole... confidence in the Edwards brothers? You know. Oh yeah. Damage. You know, I, I I I really enjoy watching the way that they play. There's no there's no second guessing in their game. No. It's very interesting to watch. It's so funny that you bring that up because I remember watching because. Tampa was actually playing very, very well at World Cup. And I was watching those matches, and I was watching um, all those guys play, and, and then, you know, obviously the, the brothers, and I'm watching them. And they just are like – every decision is a split second. They know exactly what they're doing. They, they are 100% confident in what they're doing. And I think that's what makes both of them so deadly accurate too. Is there's just there's so much confidence behind that shot? It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Hang on, I'm trying to. My Wi-Fi. We're getting kinda, some lag. Yeah, my Wi-Fi is kind of. I I just plugged in the. Um, hopefully, it doesn't stop the recording. But I just plugged in into the router. Just did a a landline. A landline into the router. <laughs> um, 
do you i because i catch you myself know, I, doing I, never, a lot. I never was a part of go ahead oh no no i was you can go ahead i'm dude all the only the shit that i start to like talk and talk about is stuff where my little stupid little monkey brain is like obsessed with these small little intricacies that i only worry about so whenever i start going on tangents and just rants please tell me to shut up sometimes i feel like i talk forever about nonsense <laughs> uh, no I, i'm quite enjoying this conversation <laughs> are you drinking coffee uh yes it's coffee with weed in it wow so well no 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 i'm sorry i didn't i almost grabbed a cup of coffee it's actually a hot chocolate because hey. tis the season very nice yeah so so yeah i put a little bit of a little thc in there because it usually gets me probably when i don't need it to but it gets me talking a little bit more and then it kind of has me it has my feels go a little bit more i kind of feel a little bit more so whenever i'm feeling a conversation yeah it's just i also enjoy talking to people and i usually ask them questions um that I hope that they don't see coming. So that's what I like to do is to get people because so many, you have so many conversations as a paintball player because we all have, we all tell our own fucking paintball story. Doesn't matter. I don't care who you are. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I don't care who you are or as quiet as you are or as an asshole you are, you always have your own little paintball stories that you like to tell to people and that you've told to people. So we've all like have told paintball stories before, listen to paintball stories, and there's there's just something to it to where I just really like to try and ask questions and even off air stuff. Like I, I've always done this. I've always asked like stupid like, so how long have you had your sandana? Like stupid shit. Like that nobody <laughs> fucking cares except for me and probably the person who I'm asking. So um so like yeah, two weeks to become best friends, <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's like weird little intricacies because you think like life is made up of all these little moments, right? And everybody has these little moments and little decisions that they make, and I'm interested in those decisions and how you've kind of come up to those decisions. But I'm not asking in a way for you to fucking go into a textbook, you know, thing. Just making it real, kind of like real organic conversation, and um. Like I, I, I wish you were asking me more uh, uh, textbook questions, dude. I'm not uh, a textbook guy. <laughs> I will fail. I'm kidding. I'm, I will kidding. Fail. I'm kidding. This is a great conversation. I, I like this. Very organic. Well, thank you. Thank you. Well, th- I also thank you for coming on here. I appreciate. it. I very much enjoyed. You did a podcast with uh, Mr. Matt Marshall a while yeah. back, which I very much enjoyed, and. Um, you also did one recently with uh, your teammates, Tyler and Marcelo. I enjoyed that one as well. And I was like, what am I going to ask this dude now? He's been asked all these questions. And there's people that, you know, have have heard him talk. And I know what they're going to want. You know what? How about, how about that? So what kind of knee pads do you wear? Or is there, is there, how about, what knee pads do you wear? And is there anything that you have that's proprietary to your marker and your marker alone 
um, not saying anodizing or anything like that, but do you put your marker in any different kind of settings rather than just the stock settings? <laughs> I'm sorry, you went from knee pad to, to marker settings. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to decipher where you're going with this. <laughs> How about this? Um, have you always worn knee pads? Yeah. Or did you eventually just come into the game? No way. No way. I was always, always padded up. I learned real early that I, I scrape, bump and scrape real easy. I, I play, you know, it's it's no... It's no surprise, you know, if anybody's seen me play, I'm, I just throw my body around. So, yeah, I, I pad a bubble wrap, baby. I highly recommend doing that because I should, you think I would have learned from uh, the very beginning. But no, no, I tore the shit out of my knees and my, I had yeah. elbow pads for some, but knee pads were just, you know, unnecessary, I guess, at the time. Really? Yeah. You played mm -hmm. with no knee pads for day. for the first like year. Wow! So it wasn't, but I also was trying to figure out the well and see. Yeah, that's the thing too. Is like I didn't have, I wasn't body conscious. Whenever you slide now, you know, you know generally where your body's gonna go, right, or where mm -hmm. you're gonna put different shit. But back then, I wasn't body conscious, so I yeah, I was throwing my body all over the place, looking like. You know, one of those video game characters that like gets hit by something and their limbs kind of go everywhere. Yeah. And then they hit yeah. the ground. That's probably what I looked like, like diving into somewhere. So you would have thought that I've been like, man, I should really wear some knee pads. But yeah, for some reason. You're man, man, I, man, man. I learned my lesson. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, I think I, I played paintball once without pads and, and went straight to the paintball store and bought knee pads. Smart man. And I got to say that knee paintball knee pads are unbelievable they're they're awesome mm -hmm. you know sometimes you have to transition into other sports you know like there's no hk makes some decent um uh paintball cleats but you know back in the day we had to go to lacrosse or you had to go with uh, golf mm -hmm. golf shoes you know you know but anyways uh paintball knee pads are excellent yeah yeah i always I always had a problem with the individual knee pads. I'd always found like I loved how I love it was like a love hate relationship because I loved how I didn't feel restricted because they were just individual knee pads, but then I hated how bunchy they got in the back of my knee. And yeah. then I also hated whenever they would like do the whole whoop. Yeah. Do the do the twist and drop. Oh, believe me, I know. Fucking twist and drop, dude. I I got a uh in in on the professional field the worst penalty you can get is a gross penalty and you have to sit on the sidelines while the whole match is going on for 10 minutes they they start a 10 minute game timer on you sitting on the sidelines i got a gross penalty because i picked up my knee pad i dove into a bunker and picked up my knee pad and the ref thought i was wiping with both of my hands you know i set my gun down two hands i'm pulling up my knee pad and he says wow look at this guy he's wiping with two hands <laughs> this is a gross penalty and so so i've uh, i reached loud and clear on the on the whole knee pad movement wow so usually at least in my eyes usually the ref will see the hit see you wipe the hit and then pull the penalty i would have to assume that the ref just skipped step one and went right to step two, assuming that there was a hit that you were grabbing and pulling up to your thigh. And then um, 
Yeah, I mean, in the in the video, I went back and found some video of the the incidents, and this was you know years ago. The ref was laying on the floor behind me, so even if I did get shot, how right. would he have even saw it? And you know, I, I wasn't shot; I was just picking up my knee pad. But he just he went straight. He escalated that real quick. Yeah, well deserved. <laughs> How dare you move your knee pad in the middle of a match? You fucking no, wait. No, put your gun down and then take uh, both hands and pick up your knee pad. Maybe that was it. Maybe if you had a lanyard around your marker and instead of putting it on the ground, you just let it hang <laughs> and then you adjust your knee pad. Put it in, <laughs> in a sling. Uh, never lose your marker again. No. <laughs> oh. No, I... Go ahead. Oh, I fucking keep doing that. Dude, this is one thing I hate about, like, the online stuff is that, like, you go, eh, and then go, eh, and they go, oh, and then there's, like, a lag, and then now there's silence for, like. I was just going to say that the uh, Carbon does a really nice. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, what would you call that? Uh, lagging with pads in it, and I think you, you're a fan of those. Yeah, pegging. Pegging? Peggings? Pads and leggings? Peggings? Oh. I don't know. I just made that up. Um, they, yeah, uh, when when Carbon came in and they started making those uh, along with their tops, dude, I was sold right away. Because, well, the first thing, because there's a lot, of, it's not like that they innovated this thing. Like, it wasn't their invention. Um, but what they did was they took a concept and they made it better. They made the the padding slimmer, lighter. Um, I would even say a little bit tighter as far as the fit of the the pants go and the tops. And then now you have something that's that's just as good as the ones before. But the problem with the ones before is that they were bulky and they were loose because it wasn't it wasn't like a one size. It, it was like a one size fit all because they did they had very limited size range. Um, and so it was really hard to kind of find something that was all in one with hip protection, knee protection, um, uh, dick protect, you know, everything. Right. And then also be comfortable and not feel like you're wearing a costume underneath your fucking pants. And, um, I, I think just carbon does that very, very well. And, um, I enjoyed wearing their stuff. Yeah. They knocked it out of the park with, uh, what they put together. Yeah. Um, so your marker, so is there anything, is there anything proprietary to your marker? Like, do you have a lucky grip screw or do you have like a, um, like there's one thing that I used to do to all the markers that I personally used was I took off the grip, I took out the nine volt and then I etched my initials and number in the grip frame so that when people asked if they had like authentic markers from me. I would ask them to open it, you know, do all that. And then if it was there, it was the one that I used on the field. So I didn't know if there was something like little like that that you do, or do you, do you initial your, your headgear or is there something quirky that you do that you don't think is quirky, but other people are like, dude, what, Blake, what are you doing? There, yeah, there's two things. Um, and they're not really that quirky, but one of the things that I don't see a lot of people do is I tape, uh, my whole grip frame, so that's uh, you know, I I had some issues where I kept losing guns. I was just 
they were slipping out of my hands like a wet fish. So I started uh, taping them. That's your. I heard that was your nickname growing up too, wet fish. Because <laughs> you would just slide right down the field like a fucking salmon going up river. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say it with the ladies, you just slide right in. <laughs> or there you go. Either one, either side. Whoa. <laughs> uh, no, but the, you know the other thing is I I like scratches on my gun. I like I like showing that it's been used. You know, it's like it's like getting a brand new truck on the lot. You know, when I first bought my new truck, uh, this is years ago. Uh, the first thing I did was take a hammer and, and and put a little ding in it day one. Sure, I don't know. Sure, could... sure. Somebody's got to do it. Yeah. Somebody's gonna make Whether the first dent or scratch. Yeah, but, exactly. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to be prancing around in clean white shoes. I like scratches. I like showing that it's getting down and dirty. I like the. I like the scar. I think that's one reason. Like, I never really liked wearing gloves. I like the scars and the feel yeah. of like the ground and just. Yeah. And there was there was one thing you know we're we're talking about you know the newer markers and things like that. There was one thing I remember in the. 2004, 2005, 6, like that whole era when having a marker for a long time and having the anno start to wear off yeah. was a cool thing. Like, right. because that marker, and I had a couple of those, and um, one of them was a Dynasty Shock, a black Dynasty Shocker that I used for like ever, and the anno started to wear down. I thought it was the coolest looking thing. And then Oliver had one, he had just a stock SFT. I, it was either a stock SFT or it was the Dynasty Shockers that came out, like that first run. He had mm-hmm. like a blue one, and it might have been fucking thinking about it. it might have been him or or Eggs, um, but like the the back of the grip where like right here kind of wears, yeah. and then yeah. like the thumb spot sometimes up top starts to wear out, and you have those kind of just. It's almost like this badge of of pride of how much you like go to work. You know, sure. and then you show sure. up and you just and when you have something like that that has that wear into it, gets me going, dude. I get a full heart on whenever I see markers like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's hard to duplicate, you know. Yeah. It's, well yeah. It makes it even more of a one of a kind. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. So what's the what's the second thing that you have that's Well, it was it was the taping of the grip frame. Well, I thought that was the first. Yeah, and so the second one was scratches. <laughs> okay, that's it. That's it. That's it. Oh, what do you? What? What was your question? What's proprietary? Well, like, what is proprietary to you? Like, is there like everybody okay. gets scratches on their marker and everything, and, and you like to get dirty? And like, proprietary would be like you taping the grip frame, I right? Got you. Okay. Or, or, like, oh, do you mess here, with the trigger at all? No. Here's a proprietary thing. Uh, here's two. Uh, it's going to be hard to find someone who has a longer gun than I do. I typically have uh, too many tank, tank extenders that my teammates are getting upset, and they won't use my gun. Which is not a bad thing. No. <laughs> <laughs> kind of works in my favor. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, I, I like a cannon. You know, I like it sticking way out there. Uh, but the other thing is, is I like a lid on my hopper. And uh, the HK speeds are awesome, but they don't have lids, so I cut in a lid. And so, yeah, that's definitely a one-off. 
because you know one of the and it's so funny that you say that because I feel the exact same way because Bruno always made fun of me of it would sometimes I would have it and sometimes I wouldn't the the level loaders um, they have the speed feed but then they have a mm. clip a click in you know top for them which yeah. I loved because I always would try and keep that lid in for the most part but then there'd be times where I would forget that it's in there and then I'd load on top of it and you know and then Bruno would yell at me but um I feel the same way because one of the worst things that I feel that like not to mentally take me out of the game, but just be like a, like look up at the sky and go, really? It's like if you're walking off the field and you take one inside of your loader because you have a fucking speed feed on there. And then now you got to tear down your loader and clean it out because a ball got in there or something like that. I, I feel a hundred percent the same way of like, I, I love a lid. Oh, you're a visor guy too, aren't you? I'm a visor guy. I'm one of them. Yeah. That's why I showed you that little little visor thing that I had. Okay, so here's here it is. This, this is it kind of goes hand in hand with with what you were asking earlier. Mm. Um, you asked me, you know, uh, about the weather thing. How do you like to what what temperature do you like to play? I just come ready for any environment, right? I I have a visor because you know, it just always rains in paintball. So yeah. why take it off? If it's more than one like day, it. it's gonna it's gonna rain yeah. one of them. And the, all these these players, they're cute, you know. One day they're wearing a hat, the next day they're not wearing a hat. <laughs> look at every paintball picture of me. I look the same in every paintball picture. I'm just ready. You're I'm all seasons, scout. baby. Yeah, I'm all seasons. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm a visor guy. Well, you also that. you also have like a. I, I'm sure you're probably one of those guys too who. Everything in your gear bag has a place and gets packed a certain way. For the most part, they all have their own pockets. You know, I, I'm not I'm not as clean cut as Yosh. Yosh is very meticulous with his gear bag. Yeah, yeah I can see um, Yosh doing that. Um, yeah, I mean every everything goes in a unique pocket, but that's as that's about as um, meticulous as I get. I have one. I, I don't know if you would have called it a routine. I probably, it's probably a fucking routine. So every time I have clean gear and I'm going to a practice or I'm going to event, like to an event, everything gets folded and placed in the same spot every single time. It won't come back the same. It like it'll just it'll come back in a way of like it's going in the gear bag and we're we're getting the hell out of here wherever it is. Yeah. You know. Just, yeah. But but going to the event, everything has tanks got to oh, go wow. down, got to go down, uh, reg list down by the cleats on top of the cleats at the bottom of the bag. And then like my loader goes inside of my goggles, like in between I have like, I have such weird shit that I do that it's just, it's interesting to hear other people's take on it. But you, I've heard you had like a little tool kit too. Yeah. Yeah. I got all the tools. <laughs> What's, uh, was there a, this is what I bring no in. No way. <laughs> Literally pulled that right out of your gear bag. That's insane. No. That's insane. <laughs> no, that, that didn't come out of my gear bag. Uh, yeah, I got all the tools. I tried to do the open the open uh, tool bag, Yeah. the open tool carrier before, but I had a problem with at least where I have to go and where I do work is usually like, super dirty so mm. like my t- everything the bottom of the bag would always just get filled with shit so and then i got a um i got a new like four compartment 
hundred pound fucking tool bag that I carry around with me. Yeah. But it gets the job done. Yeah. (laughs) You never have the one tool that you need. So you end up carrying around a hundred pound tool bag. That's rough. I used that one before. So it's staying in the bag. Yeah. And now I'm going to the next one. Um, Okay, so you are you're, you're with your dad. You're playing paintball. You're playing a lot of scenario game. You're you're doing a lot of crawling. You're doing a lot of balling. Um, at what point do you emerge from the woods, and speedball has now become a you know a, a main a, a majority focus for you? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah when I was in my senior year of high school I was you know paintball was always this dream that I had you know I always wanted to be a a paintballer Uh, of course I wanted to be a professional paintballer but let's just say at that time you know becoming a pro in anything is very difficult so I just wanted to be a paintballer and uh and so anyways, I, I couldn't because I, I had all these sports, you know, I had mom that was kind of limiting me, it, limiting me in, in the sense that she was just keeping me honest. Right. Um, let's see, I got a low battery. Yeah. Let me plug this in real quick. Yeah, all good. Laura, where's the charger for this uh, computer thing? I'm keeping this in. And so, uh, where was that? Uh, where's the charger for this computer? It's going to die. Sorry, Carl. Oh, no, all good. I'm not very computer savvy. I just work with my hands. It's all right. I feel that's my dad. You know, my my mom was keeping me honest. You know, she uh, she didn't want me to spend all my money on paintball. Um, and so, anyways, long story short, uh, I started to slow down later in my senior year in the sports fields, and I started to play more paintball. And I was going out to Essie Village, and they had the Lego Land Field, is what they called it. And so I started playing that a lot. You know, because because you could play a lot of games really quick. Yeah. And uh, that was the the transition, you know. That was what led me into the hyperball and then speedball, and and then um, what 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 do, what do we call the bunkers today? What what kind air, of airball? Airball. There you go. Yeah. Hey, you play that airball? You play ball? that in inflatables? You got the you play in the field with the inflatables on there. <laughs> That uh, scenario with that airball. Oh, you know what? I, you know what? A good, a really good, happy medium is hyperball. I really enjoy enjoy oh, a good hyperball game. Yeah. Uh, Tim really knocked out of the park with the the ICC. Yeah. You know, shout out to that big guy. Mm. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I I grew up uh, watching Tim and kind of playing around Tim, and it was. Uh, it was tough. You're I mean, Michigan native, right? Ohio. Oh, that's right. Okay, and and Tim's from Michigan. I believe I so. 
he was in like the the graduating class in front of me. Was that your dog's nose or his butt? Uh, the butt. The no, butt. He's, got, he's got a squeaky toy here. Okay. <laughs> Burp. Um. Yeah. R.I.P. Tim. Yeah. Um. So, how did the tournament scene? How did your tournament scene come along? Well, uh, you know, it's so funny uh, the way that the world is changing. You know, back in the day, I fell in love with scenario paintball or, or paintball in general. You know, I like mm-hmm. all paintball, and so I couldn't wait for a new faceful to come out of APG action pursuit games magazine um you know i i just i needed anything dvds i just i wanted any form of paintball that i could get and so shit what was the question again (laughs) (laughs) where was i going with this you were going towards your uh your tournament career that's right okay uh so in, in all in all the facefuls, it was it was you know Dynasty or or Trauma or all these guys in there always playing on the uh, the X ball fields or the air ball fields, and so when I got in that senior year of high school and started to play a lot, then I just gravitated towards chasing that objective, which was. Uh, to create my own team okay. and, and play more paintball. So you were the mastermind behind creating, starting a paintball team. Yeah, I, I think so. You know, it, I, you know, I couldn't have done it without uh, my buddies that I created that team with. You right. know, they, they also um, fell in love with the sport. But, yeah, I think I was – it would be hard to say that I wasn't the one saying, hey, come check this this game out first yeah now were you still kind of hooked on playing like at this point let's say were you playing with like an autococker at this point or were you still pumping mag. it up mag 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 and uh and for that matter i turned that mag into a pump mag yeah <laughs> i was i was i was hooked on that thing i was gonna say the way you're talking about it, it puts a big smile on your face. I like how you enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, you know, it was funny. It, uh, the entire paintball community um, hated that gun, uh, auto mags. It seemed like it seemed like the whole paintball community at that time was over the auto mag. There was there were so many better things out there. But I mean, wasn't it essentially a shocker? I would have to say so. I I thought the shocker was an auto mag. Yeah, and the auto mag came out first, right? That's right. I don't know. That's and, I don't know the story. I the and the legend goes. I don't know, but that sure does look about the same thing. I don't know what the big rectangle right. thing was in the front for the auto mag, but. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I actually kind of like the twist lock barrel for the auto mag. Oh yeah, it had that too. Yeah, that would come off so easy. I don't, I don't know why we gotta twist the barrel so many times. I hate autococker threads. I, I don't understand why that became the the kind of standard because I love as as rigid as they were, and as a tank as they were, dude. Tipman ninety eight threads. I don't know if you've ever twisted right. in a barrel to a Tipman ninety eight, but it's like boom, 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 and you're tight and you're good to go. 
Yep. Yeah, that's great. But yeah, I'm 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 a fan of that. Um, but yeah, you won't find me shooting an autococker. I, I just I don't think they shoot very nice. Uh, you know, and, and everybody everybody that likes an autococker says the same thing about automags is that they just chop paint and and realistically they are pretty rough on paint. But man, when it shoots a ball, it shoots the ball the same way every time. It's just ball on ball. Mm-hmm. Whether or not that's a a far shot or a great shot. I, I didn't care. I just knew exactly where the ball was going to fly if it got out of the gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's so. how I felt about the the LV platform because mm. a lot of people didn't like that. Oh, I guess it was and mm. it's the intimidate the the Bob Long Intimidator platform. And I don't know if there was and then I guess you can call that the Spider platform and then, you know, go further back. But that that whole like open bolt style system um, and I was shooting at the, the LV. That was that was one of the biggest things for me was it was so consistent for me. But then you have a lot of people that are like, oh well, there's a lot of people that they, there's like a drop shot in the in the LVs and this and that. I'm like, what are you talking about a drop shot? Because I'm sure shit if you stand out to a corner with me and you put like this thing and this thing together and we're both shooting 298, that it's gonna go the same. Unless there's the only way would be I I would guess top spin on the ball, but that would that air would have to be so turbulent coming out of your solenoid, and or your regulator or, or your LP or whatever, to be able to put a top spin on the ball that it was you would notice it and it's just I'm sorry what were you saying I just I would get frustrated when people say there's top shot on fucking you're, you're shooting the same BPS because there's a lot of people that say autocockers they shoot straighter and further. Yeah, yeah, that's if, right. If, if if it's shooting 270 and I'm shooting 285, I'm shooting further than you are. So it doesn't like then am I am I straighter because I'm going straighter longer because I'm shooting harder? I, I heard that that autocockers shoot straighter and further, but I just never experienced that. I, I never shot an autococker that shot straight. You know, that was just me. <laughs> clearly, I'm it, clearly it's me. It's not the gun, right? Dude, you, I'm in the same boat, man. I'm in the exact same boat because there's a lot of times where people are like, you don't like autocockers? And I'm like, no, not really. Especially when I have to, like, I like cleaning my stuff. And when I have to go clean an, a, a fucking autococker, dude, you got to clean the thing with, like, multiple Q-tips and toothbrushes just to, like, get it back to, like, good-looking state. I'm just, like, not all about that. <laughs> Smooth and low grooves, dude. That's That's all I need. Really, I, I like the grooves. I like the grooves keeping everything from from months ago. Oh yeah. See, but then I like the nitty grittiness too. But I I like my stuff to work. Like I'm I'm a stickler on like every time I would go to a tournament or a practice, I would tear my gun down, and I would use the same O rings. Only when I needed to replace one, I would replace an O ring. But I would tear it down, relube, and go back. Because I just I needed the same shot every time because I felt like I relied on those first two or three shots so often that the more accurate they are and the more predictable that I can they can be to me, that the better that marker is going to be kind of just a extension of myself. Wow, wow! I am such a nerd, dude. <laughs> I'm such a nerd. <laughs> I was trying to think of how to say it. I don't know. Oh, I'm impressed. I'm, uh, I've never broken down a full gun before. 
don't. It's unnecessary. It's completely unnecessary. Um, so, this point, you're shooting an automag. You are... Uh, are you the panther yet? Or are you trying to figure out who the panther is at this point? Uh, wasn't the panther. I didn't become the panther until Dynasty. What What were you before then? Like Bobcat? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cougar. Cougar. Okay. I can go with Cougar. <laughs> so how did you end up on the, uh, how'd you end up on the pro field? What was your division game like? You know, uh, my division game was pretty good. Uh, I had a really good shot compared to all the di- other divisional get- kids. I really didn't start to develop that Panther kind of style until I was in division two coming after the pump season coming out of pump you know I started to play more pump and then realized that that the game could speed up you know that the the pump game is is the same speed if not faster than our current iteration of paintball so anyways uh the pump kind of led it led me into that in, in division two when I was playing with get is I think we're that kind of um, aggressive panther, as you say, style came from. Well, cougar at this point. That's right, cougar. <laughs> and how did uh, was it was it Division Two directly onto Dynasty's field or, or area? For the for the most part, I played Division Two. I played one event with uh, Indianapolis Mutiny Division One. It was uh, PSP Chicago, but I played a handful of points. What year? You know? Oh, 2011. <laughs> 2011 or 12? Yeah, I still haven't run That was great. Fairly. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Blake, dude, but I wish I wish we would have hung out more, said, man. When you when you asked me what year, I had to go back to that year. Again. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! So so 2000. That was actually at that time I was um out of the game. Really? I, yeah, I I took a uh, I took a hiatus at hiatus at that point, and uh, I left. I stopped playing at the end of 09 and didn't come back to the middle of 2013. Wow. Wow. So I didn't, I didn't even get to see you until I came back. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was, if you came back in 13, that was like my first real pro year with dynasty. I I came in late into the 2012 Mm -hmm. season for dynasty. So 13 was my first full year and that was your return. Crazy. And, and, to... and when you came back, it was, you know, this this legendary Carl Mikowski is is coming back. But I, but I you know, who? Which is weird. Yeah, I didn't feel like I – no, I didn't. I was – dude, I was so happy to be back. I didn't take – I didn't – I try – I really try not to make too big of a fuss about a lot of things. Like even, um, even if I were to come back – next year or the year like i'm not i don't really like making big hubbub about stuff i like surprising people that's kind of how it is on the paintball field too i like surprising people so i like came in hot though (sighs) 
From what I remember, you came in real hot. Really? Yeah. And well, I was I was still young too then. In thirteen, I was I still had uh, some speed to me at that point. So I was still I felt like I was I had to catch up to the years that I missed. So I tried to run into them. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of when I first saw you play, and I'm trying to think of when it was because I remember I remember seeing you on the Dorito side and playing, and I was like, dude, I really enjoy watching this guy kind of lurk down the the like a quick lurk is like it's not lurk. What the hell did I how did I call it before? Stalk. A quick stalk, and I, I just, I really enjoyed watching you play. Like I, I could just sit in the stands and be able to watch you. And I, I like watching people to a point. Like I feel like people will know if, if I've watched them a lot because I will in my head, I'll, like I'll know when you're about to go, because <laughs> I can just tell by just a slight body movement. And like this guy's getting ready to go, and then boop, I do that a lot when, like I've watched you guys play for so long uh, that watching the ghost sports webcast like watching that out like out loud to be like he's about to go oh he's getting ready to go put your gun up and i'm sure a lot of people do that but but it's fun to be able to watch people and for me like getting people's mannerisms and stuff down and it was it's, it was really cool to kind of see you coming up and and play your style of uh of ball down that dorito side and still do thank you i thank might you. add I'm, I'm still trying to play the game out there <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i mean um, it is kind of interesting. Uh, I did play differently than a lot of the players that were playing pro for a long time. You know, coming my my first take at it, I I, I did play quite uniquely side by side. I would have to say, like you're saying. Now, did you have any kind of like? I wouldn't say come to Jesus moment, but I would say more or less like. You had this realization getting at to the level of dynasty and being on the team. Did you have this kind of eye opening moment? Like, this is a different level. Like, this something that opened your eyes because you probably were used to playing in the ranks and against certain people. And then now you're at the, at the very top of the game with one of the, if not the most, uh, profound paintball team there is. Was there a moment at practice or at a tournament where you kind of, realized where you were and you needed to kind of step your game up yeah um you know what i i relied solely on my individual skill um until i got on dynasty and even in the very beginning you know i uh we were at practice and we played one-on-ones and i did very well against a lot of the guys in the one-on-ones and then that practice then transitioned into team play and it was like owning a Bible. This is the way I, I say it, worded every every time I tell the story. It was like I owned a Bible, but I'd never cracked the cover before. Mm. And when I got in Dynasty, they took my Bible and opened it. And for the first time, I saw words that that was uh, that moment that you're talking about. You know, they they then started teaching me the game. I never I never put that those parts together. I just you know played it very instinctual and and personal yeah i mean was that a commu- was it mainly a communication thing for you 
because you were so used to stalking and just kind of doing your own thing? Uh, learning communication, you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, that was huge. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't, I was terrible at communicating when I first got to the team. And, you know, because I wasn't communicating, I wasn't even looking over at my teammates to see what was going on on the other side of the field. So, you know, for the first, for the first two or three years on Dynasty, I, for the most part, felt quite lost. You know, I was, it was all just a blur, you know. Uh, you know, I was trying to process all this information that they were teaching me, which was all new. You know, uh, yeah, it was it was very hard to grasp in the beginning. Well, I, I wonder if you had the same kind of situation I had because I've always had a communication problem too. I tend to, I I don't tend to have tunnel vision. I tend to be in my own moment too much. Yes. And in, in my own moment and in my own kind of little job area. I haven't forgotten my job, but I'm so into the moment and job that I've forgot the number one thing to do on a paintball field. Yeah. Um, but when I was growing up and I was coming up in the game, I would be so far down the field in different scenarios that where I felt that where if I started to yell because I had to yell because of where I was – that I was going to give myself away. And I tended to to kind of hang on to that lack of communication for fear of getting caught, if that makes sense. Yeah. And and it was so hard to transition into, into a position where I, I felt comfortable yelling or projecting my voice or maybe even gameplay where I needed to slow down just a hair to be able to let people catch up because I, I do tend to kind of overextend in a sense to where if I were to get shot, my team wouldn't be in position to be able to like cover that spot in, in the words to where I kind of fuck myself and fuck my team. But, um, what were we talking about? (laughs) (laughs) You're talking about, uh, how you would overextend in your lack of communication and and being in the moment. Yes. Is that kind of what it was for you? Yes. Yes, I was just in my own moment, in in a bigger moment. Do you think that is due to the scenario way it's played in general? Is you're kind of yeah, you do a lot no. of communication, but you do a lot of like. No, because if you're a good scenario player, you'd be evaluating what's happening on the other side of the field. You know, because right. the last thing you want to do is die, right? So if you're in backdoored, that's you're dying. So a good, so no, it, it. I don't think it's due to scenario. I think I was just. I think I was like you, very athletic, and and pushing the boundaries in with my athleticism, which uh, kind of put me burnt out, out on a wire a mm. lot of the time. Gotcha. Um, when did you feel like you've kind of solidified? I mean, I'm assuming that you kind of felt like you solidified yourself on the team uh, as you got more comfortable. You started playing more, um, and that would show the team's trust in you by giving you more points and here and there. But is there a moment um, 
that you, you, your favorite moment with Dynasty that you've had, whether it be a win, whether it be an, a, an off-the-field moment, but has, has there, what has been your favorite experience being on Team Dynasty? Well, there's a lot. Um, you know, the moment where they started calling me the Panther, that was <laughs> that was um, pretty cool. We were in Russia, and I made a big... We were playing the Russians in the finals in a Russian event, and uh, I made this big move shot... I shot Lukashuk, who was coming down the Doritos, and uh, and I could hear Ryan go, "Yeah, Panther!" <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know where the Panther thing came from, but but that was where it got coined, you know, out there. And I, and I think it was Alex who actually first started calling me the Panther. But I could see that. I, I believe that 100. percent He seems like he seems like one of the guys that will make up nicknames for people, for sure. Um, another big moment was uh, I was having a great event. We were playing Impact in the finals in 2013 or 14. Um, Chicago, PSP. And uh, I mean, a, a, a really, I had a really big point, and, and Oliver was boosting me the entire way off the field. You know, that was that was a, a very special moment in my career. Yeah, there's there's something to, you know, and Tyler and Marcelo talked about that, or it might have been, yeah, well, Ryan was talking about it too, but um, having somebody like Oliver on the team who does such a mental job on everybody to get everybody in, in that mindset, um, mm-hmm. I think that was a bigger that was a bigger loss when he stepped away than his physical being on a field. Sure. And, and not saying that, you know, he isn't one of the greatest players to ever play the game. Um, and that everybody would want him on the field, but I feel like his, his mind off the field and just in general is much more of an asset than what I think a lot of people think. They think of like great payball player, but there's, there's such a broad term to that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely, he was definitely the uh, the essence of the team when he was when he was around. You know, he was he was making everyone feel like now is the time, and we need to put in the work, and we're going to go win. You know, he was just very confident. But aside from that, he was also a, a standout player. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we, we we used to practice a lot against each other, and I don't think I ever beat Oliver on a one on one. He just he was a very great player. Was he? How would you describe his style? Dominant. Yeah. Yeah, he just he would just smother you. He would just just force his will on you. Yeah. Yeah, it was it, uh, someone I really enjoyed watching play and playing with was Oliver. You know, he just he, he had one mission, and he was gonna let you know his mission. Mission. You yeah. know, he was just very dominant. And I, I, 
being on excessive the time that I was and having a rivalry like we did against Dynasty mm-hmm. and getting to mm-hmm. play against them so much um, was just man was was something else. <clears throat> and I can't imagine what it was like to actually have someone like that to be able to mentor you and and kind of guide your own will too into believing in yourself and having somebody like that on the field and at practice and at tournaments had to have been just you know something to me and then on top of that all the guys around him right were just extremely and extraordinarily talented um and to be able to you know come into that i mean there's one player uh angel Fergoza, that i always admired and I, I loved watching him play and I thought he was I thought his I feel like his style of play is more prevalent than like Oliver's more f- I mean they're both fluid don't get me wrong but Angel's so much like Angel seems so much more like basics mastered like he had such a straight profile and he had he had you know whenever he's running and shooting he was just so tight with everything and then Oliver kind of has like if you noticed <clears throat> and I'm sure if you watched Oliver grow up like growing up you would notice like he tends to leave his loader out a little bit or like huh. or not lead his loader out I'm sorry but he'd lean his loader in and he would actually look while he's shooting have his head on the outside right, of right. his mark you know what I mean right. and just yeah. like little things like that to where it's like he's so mechanically sound in his own pattern and his own style that he can do things like that and still have success mm-hmm. which you know is I mean because everybody can be like straight up and down and everything and 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 you know try and win uh, the gunfights and everything but if you could be loosey goosey and just be knocking noggins it's <laughs> <laughs> it's uh yeah it's it's amazing yeah <clears throat> um well hey man i i i don't want to keep you i know you got to get going i know you you got some uh, brewskis to get in yeah and i just wanted to say thank you so much for doing this um thank you for being you and congratulations for uh, for you. a World Cup win, well Thank deserved. You. And I I wish you the best of luck in the future. Except if I end up playing again and we have to play each other, no hard feelings. But it's just in that 15, 20 minutes, so we'll be on. And I'll still be smiling I'm, anyway, dude. I still yeah, smile I'm, underneath I'm, my mask. I really I'm really looking forward to playing against you because, like I said, you know you are um, one of the toughest competitors to 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 go against out there dude likewise likewise i always i would love to look down the doritos and see your little head pop out and then we could wave <laughs> at each other and then and then go at it well, well dude I, I i very much enjoyed this conversation thank you so much and um yeah hopefully we'll uh we'll talk soon great thanks carl and, oh oh before we go is there any yes. um social medias that you want to push uh anywhere people can follow you get a hold of you if they have questions or anything yeah, I guess it'd just be my Instagram, which is BYarbor44. That's a great name. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, thank you so much. And um, and yeah, we'll uh, we'll hopefully talk soon. Great. Thanks, Carl. Take care, brother. Blake, 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 the Panther Yarbor. That was an awesome conversation, even though I talked probably way too much. 
man, when I get going, I tend to just ramble on. And um, so, yeah, I'll be the first one to uh, let everybody know about that. And, you know, it happens. When you listen to a podcast, people talk. And I tend to kind of overdo it sometimes. Um, But I just enjoy it. Like I was saying in the podcast, I just enjoy talking to people and just picking their brain about things. And sometimes I get into rants and sometimes I have no idea what I'm talking about. But the green goodness will do that to you. Uh, but I enjoyed myself. I hope uh, Blake did as well, and it was it was awesome sitting down and talking to him and uh, and hearing his story and where he came from and and kind of his thought process. It's, it was really cool. Uh, another big thank you goes to Charm City Paintball. Like I said, guys, if you are looking for some new headgear, um, Mike is the way to go. He makes everything in-house, USA, handmade. Support your local business, your local paintball business. And, uh, and pick up one of these headbands. His new run of, of the far out galaxy space looking headbands are amazing. And he'll be pumping out more of these custom fabrics that he's concocting. And it is just a joy to watch him kind of uh, create these things and Frankenstein them into existence. So thank you, Mike, for blessing the paintball world with some awesome headgear check them out uh that's charm city on facebook as well as instagram and thank you to everybody out there who's listening i greatly appreciate the time that you put into these these podcasts as far as just clicking on them and and i really hope that you feel like you can engage in the conversation whether you agree or disagree but i think that those are the uh those are the best ones that you can you can sit and listen to and act like you're in the room and, uh, and be a part of the conversation. So I hope that you all feel that way. And yeah, it's uh, it's cool just to be able to get all these people on here. And I continue to uh, I will continue to, to get people on here and and um, you know have you guys enjoy the conversation. So thank you everybody out there. Please do not text and drive. Keep your eyes on the road. Listen to podcasts like this one about the paintball world and life in general. Love yourself, and uh, and yeah, we'll see you next time. <laughs> Fucking T, man. <laughs> we'll see you here soon on the Playing On Podcast. Peace.